Lord, we gather in this house looking exactly for that. Open our eyes to see you and our ears to hear you and our hearts to accept you. Lord, maybe our, may we find our joy in you this morning. May we be reminded of the hope of a baby in a manger who would come and live perfection and take that to the cross. May our hope this Christmas season not be focused on what's going on around us or life's circumstances or the inability to be together with some of our friends or family. May our hope be focused on you. May we recognize, Lord, the value you have for eternity. And that the things of today are temporary. This too shall pass. Lord, we thank you that you are a great and mighty God. We thank you for your love and your care. Lord, we ask for safety for those who are out and about. We ask, Lord, for your healing touch in those who are struggling and hurting. We think of Larry McCoon today, and Lord, I just uh, we pray for Larry, we pray for Dorothy, and uh, Lord, others uh, who are having a rough time. And Lord, we ask that your hand would be upon them. And Lord, that they would recognize your hand of healing. Lord, we thank you for those who are on the mend, who are feeling better. And Lord, for those who are in the throes of, of COVID now and other issues, uh, Lord, we ask that you would comfort them as well. Give them peace. Lord, for those who are struggling with other uh, infirmities, Lord, we think of B. Tanner's uh, granddaughter who passed. And we think of, the, of uh, Jim Bendick's sister, and Lord, just all these uh, who uh, lost we have felt. We ask for comfort this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Ha oh, ha, that's pretty funny. Hey, could you go on the printer? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ta da, no sermon today, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why don't you do that and I'll go okay. get it. <laughs> that's right. pretty funny. Who come to kids' church. Come on up. You get to hang out. Oh, that's right. I already stole it. Ha ha. Come on up. Don't be shy. I'm not going to eat you. Come on up. Hello. Welcome. You want to come or not? Come on up. Get up here. All right. These are the wonderful children of Greenfield Baptist, who are in attendance today, this morning, first service. Except for you. What are you doing in the back there? No, you're not coming up? All right. Don't think I don't see you. I'm watching. Okay. So, do you guys know what yesterday was? Decor that's true. It was decorating at the church. Well, that's, that's true. Saturday. It was indeed Saturday. 
This, this was a special Saturday, though. Do you guys know what was special about yesterday, that particular Saturday in the state of Pennsylvania? Yeah, there we go. The first day of what? Yeah, rifle season. So, you're going to go hunting? Oh, you want to? Well, you've, it, takes, it takes a little bit of practice, and it takes safety, and so you've got to go through a course and learn how to be safe around guns and in the woods and knowing what's a good shot as far as being safe for the animal and people around you and all kinds of things like that. But, oh, you did go. Nice. Did you see anything? One behind some brush. Those are, tr- those are tricky. Yesterday, around 4.30 in the afternoon, I was out in the woods. And it was pretty close to being the end of the day as far as hunting goes. And I saw, sneaking out of the bushes, somebody with some antlers. Now me, I personally did not have any doe tags. So I'm not allowed to shoot doe. I'd seen two of them. Though they didn't stand still enough for me to shoot at them, even if I did have a doe tag. But I saw two. I hadn't seen anybody with antlers. And so I see this guy coming out of the bush. I thought, oh boy, all right. He was pretty far off, though. I got my scope on him, looked at his little antlers, and I saw that he had antlers. And I was like, all right. And I went for it, and I got him. His name's Ricky. Uh, he's currently being processed at Pasilio's. But, yeah, yeah. Gonna get some, some. Well, I probably should have named him Elliot. Have you guys ever seen Open Season? Oh, yeah. yeah. He had he had one antler and he had three points on it, and his other antler it would have had points, but it was busted off. Yeah. I know. So he's not he's not the prettiest looking buck that I've ever seen, but he's mine and he's gonna be delicious. He was he was pretty big. I, I can show you pictures later. Now's not the time. But the reason, the reason I wanted to, oh, I didn't put it up there because I just got him yesterday. Plus, I didn't want to brag to everybody. That's not very nice. It's on Instagram if you want to look. Anyway, <laughs> point is, shh, point is, I wanted to talk about deer for a specific reason. Deer pop up in the Bible in a couple of times. There's a psalm where it says that my soul longs after the Lord like a deer longs for a drink of water. That's what mine was doing. He was either drinking some muddy water or he was munching on some leaves and stuff because he'd stopped and he had his head down and he was looking because he was pretty far off. And I had to get my scope all the way to make sure he had antlers, that I'd be allowed to shoot him. I had to turn my scope all the way up in order to see him. Yeah. I did. Yes. And he was, he's, he's going to be delicious. But we see here in the Bible that during hard times, God gives us strength. I want to read to you guys from the book of Habakkuk. It says, you ready for this? Maybe. Are you ready? It says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. So in the hard times, God gives you strength. He gives you courage, makes you big and strong. I know that you guys, some of you, are little, right? You're not, well, are you, are you a full-grown man? Yeah. yeah, so you're not going to get any taller. You're not going to get any more muscles. You're not going to have a beard. Okay, see? All right. So, you're big, but you're not as big as you're going to be yet. You shave? All right, that's cool. 
I didn't shave this morning. Uh, a little scraggly. But God is going to give you strength to push through the hard times. He's going to make your feet like the feet of a deer. Juke them out. The first two deer I saw, they were moving. They were boogieing. They were cruising through the woods. It would not have been safe to shoot at them. You juked them? Yeah. Well, God enables you to juke through life's problems. He strengthens your feet and makes them like the feet of a deer so that you can climb up through the hard stuff of life, so that you can get through when times are really tough. You can rely on him, and he will give you strength. So I wanted to give you guys that little lesson and tell you about Ricky. Oh, that's the deer that I got. Yeah. Anyway, so let's do a quick prayer, and then you guys can get back to your seats. I know it's not as fun and cool as kids' church, but it's better than nothing, right? Yeah, all right. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the fact that we can be in your house. We thank you for these spry, joyful, youthful people up here and for everybody else in the room as well. But Lord, I specifically want to lift up these kids. I pray that they would take your word to heart, that they would feel strengthened by you even when life is hard sometimes, and that they would seek your face. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, we can go sit down now. Perfect. Well, that was fun. If anybody needs any uh, venison dinner, I guess you can go to Brentley's. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, not today. I didn't mean today. We're busy today. I got cheeseburgers or something going on today. Maybe tomorrow. So this week, we start Advent. And the candle we lit this morning is hope. And I don't know about you, but it's been a rough week. Uh, and we've had some rough weeks, uh, and, and there's been some struggles. And as we have walked through that, I don't know about you, but it's felt a bit heavy. Have you noticed that? Have you sensed that the world around us, the world that we live in, uh, our family members and friends, it's been kind of heavy. heavy. It's been a heavy holiday season so far. Well, I want to tell you that we're looking at a passage in Isaiah, and we will be looking at Isaiah all Advent. And God's people in Isaiah are feeling very much the same. It says, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. What Isaiah is saying is, listen, it's been rough. And it continues to be rough, but it won't be rough forever. The very word uh, Isaiah means Yahweh is salvation. And the prophet Isaiah, does anybody know when, the pro- when Isaiah was written? I mean, we weren't there, so we're going to have to educate guesses, right? Does anybody know how, how long ago Isaiah was written? Brian? Okay, when was that? Do you know? Time, date. Any idea? It's okay if you don't, because I had to look it. I had to look it up too, Brian, because I wasn't there. Eighth century, yeah, seventh, seventh to the eighth century, seven to eight hundred years before the birth of Christ. 
700 BC, somewhere in that area. And then what they do is they look at uh, a lot of what's going on in the passage or in the scripture to be able to tell historically um, when it was uh, actually written. Does anybody remember anything from 700 years ago? <laughs> Do you know what happened 700 years ago this week? Joan of the Tower was born. She was a consort in Scotland. 14, uh, born, born in 1321. Guess who else was born? John of Artois. A French soldier, and you don't know him? Anybody related to him? Do you know who died? Patriarch Grisamus of Constantinople. Man, it seems like nobody knows these people. Do you realize how far back 700 years is? Do you realize that the United States... 700 years ago was but a twinkle in uh, Lady Liberty's eye. It would be another 400 years before it would come together. 700 years is a very, very long time. I think sometimes we just don't realize how far removed Isaiah's prophecy was. Because we read it and we say, well, a child will be born. And we're like, yeah, next week, <laughs> right? <laughs> Obviously, Isaiah wrote it while Mary was pregnant because how else would he have known um, this story? And how else would he have given the Jewish people hope in a very dark time? Let's just be honest. Some of us, most of us, struggle with our hope even for a week. Can I make it through this week? Can I, can I have hope? In the midst of a dark time, God's people, the Jewish people, struggled. They were kicked out of places. They, they wandered and walked and were lost. They were dispersed, broken up, and pushed out to the edges. And along came, comes this guy, Isaiah, and he writes this prophecy that says, it isn't going to be this way forever. There's a hope, and it's coming. They didn't know how much further ahead that would be. And we look at it backwards, and we say, well, yeah, there it is. Isaiah, and then we go right to, <laughs> we go right to Luke, right? We got the story, and it matches up, and it lines up. But 700 years before the birth of Jesus was this guy, Isaiah, who would share in pro the prophecy of a son being born. A light in the darkness. That's what the scripture says. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. They have seen a great light. So let me ask you this question. What are you holding on to with hope this morning? 
Where is your hope? It's been dark, and it's been hard, and it's been frustrating, and it feels very much out of control. Where is your hope? And where have you put your hope? We're going to walk into our second Christmas with similar concerns as last year. Do we get together? How do we get together? How do we keep people safe? Is it easier just to skip it all and stay home alone? Is it a government conspiracy, right? Are we, wor- are we dealing with all the media garbage that is a part of COVID and all those other things? It's quick and easy to get all tangled up in the midst of what's going on around us. We're watching painful things happen, people suffering, people hurting We're afraid and concerned, and I completely understand that. What do we hang on to this morning for hope? What are you hanging on to for hope? Well, it's the standard answer, is it not? It's God. Focus on God. Focus your attention and your energy on God. Take your concerns to God. There are a lot of things we have absolutely no control over. And that can be very overwhelming. But there's one thing we have control over. And it's whether we take it to God. I don't know that you heard the countdown. And I want to share us the, the beginning. It just didn't come out across very well this morning. But that's a, that's a Catholic, was a Catholic nun. And she said to, tells a story where she says, you know, I, I was going for a walk. And there was a, a mother and a daughter in front of me. And they, they, I overheard their conversation. And the daughter said to the mother, Mom, you're going to have to come to Arizona in December. And the mother says, you know I don't like to travel. I don't like airplanes. I don't want to fly. I, don't, I love you, but I don't want to come to Arizona in December. And the daughter says, but Mom, we want to take some pictures with your brand new grandchild in December. And she said, the mom lit up and was so excited about the idea, the opportunity to have a brand new, her first grandchild and to be able to spend some time with that grandchild. And she said it totally changed the conversation uh, as she followed them, she watched them, and, and mom now had a spring in her step. Mom was so excited, looking forward to this new grandchild. And she said, that's, well, and, the, and the, the nun talks about Advent, and that's the hope that we have, the change that God makes in our life. I want to tell you a story about, we went on a mission trip in 
Michigan, probably, uh, it's been 10 years, maybe 15, I'm getting old. Um, but we took the youth on a mission trip to Detroit, uh, well, up around Detroit. And we were working in uh, the poor neighborhoods. We were clean. <laughs> this is how, how rough it was. We were cleaning up the brush between the houses. You know why? So the police could see the criminals going from yard to yard. That's what we were doing. We were going in and cutting all the brush along the fences um, in between the houses. And we met a man there while we were there. And part of the, the, the mission team, obviously, our des- the design was to go in there and cut all those trees uh, for this whole neighborhood, clean it up, try to keep it so, so there would be less problems in that neighborhood. And we met a grandfather while we were there. And as we met this grandfather, he was probably in his 50s, he introduced us to his grandson, who was about three years old. And he said to us, this young man right here, he's going to the NFL. Mind you, he's three years old, and he had a little football. And that struck me as odd. Does that strike you as odd? A three-year-old boy. Can we tell what kind of athlete a young man will be at three? Not even close, can we? That gentleman, that, that grandpa, that grandpa's hope as he lived in a poor neighborhood, a rough neighborhood, there wasn't much hope in his neighborhood, but his hope His hope was placed squarely on the shoulders of a three-year-old boy. He was going to go to the NFL. He was going to be famous. Sure wish I'd have got his name because we're far enough out now. He's probably in college, you know. (laughs) I don't know, you know. I I, I, uh, pray to God that he, he did turn out well. But it struck me as odd that someone would say that about a three-year-old. Until I began to think about it, and I sat back and I'm like, yeah, what is his hope in this world? There is, is not much hope without the love of Jesus. And so his only hope was that somehow his grandson would turn out good and make him proud. That was powerful. It was really powerful to me to recognize that this was an odd thing because I'd never heard anyone tell me a three-year-old was going to go to the NFL. But he had put his hope in a child. And Isaiah is telling the Jewish people, hold on and put your hope in the Christ child who is to come. And Isaiah is telling us this morning, hold on and put your hope in the Christ child who has come. Because no matter what, no matter how hard we try, anything of this world will pass away. As a good friend once told me, it's all going to burn. Anything we have in this world is going to burn. 
that may be hard for us to think about. The fact of the matter is the only thing we can take to heaven with us are those who we help get to heaven, who we encourage and, and explain and challenge them to find their own faith. That's what we take to heaven with us. The list of people who heard the gospel from us and responded. That doesn't mean we always get the victory, right? Paul says some, someone planted the seed, God planted the seed, someone watered it, and someone else made it grow. The reality is that's where our hope needs to be. This Advent, and if, if we want to have hope, we need to celebrate. These Jewish people, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the hard times, that says they have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice like a harvest. They rejoice like it's, the harvest was plentiful. They rejoice like when they win the war and divide the spoil. Just think about that for a moment. They would go to war and they would bring back, if they won, they brought back all of the stuff that they won. And they would begin to divide that amongst the people. And they would celebrate that time. They would celebrate the victory there were parades. They would reenact the actual, uh, some of the battle, some of the good pieces of the battle, right? They didn't have movie theaters and they didn't have cameras, but they would reenact what had happened and how they had won. And they would rejoice. Be prepared to celebrate the hope of Jesus Christ. Because if you don't walk in to Christmas, into this holiday season, into this uh, with some joy, and if you can't find joy, I, I told a story on Wednesday, and I want to share it with you. I talked to someone this week, someone who calls himself a Christian, and I'm not saying they are or they aren't. I don't know. I mean, I can only tell by what's going on. And they're struggling with some, some hard things, and they're not feeling well. And their marriage is a mess. And I said to them, tell me something good. Now, this is like uh, 6 o'clock at night, all right? They've been up since 6 in the morning. So they've had 12 hours of life today, that day. And I said to them, tell me one good thing. Tell me one blessing you have had in your life today. And it took them over a minute to come to some conclusion that there wasn't anything good in their life. I'm thinking, dude, you had lunch. You drove the car, it didn't break down, and you made it to where we're at. You're alive and breathing. You have a warm house to be in. Whatever. Think about that for a second. Could not, could not find a blessing in their life. 
in over a minute. Couldn't even just throw a bone just so we would get past that conversation. And I just sat there and waited. I'm like, come on, come on, there's got to be a blessing in your life today. And yet, as Christians, sometimes we get hung up in that area. And we just can't get over how hard things are and how challenging things are. And we forget that God has still, has still blessed us. I said on Wednesday night, the lights are on in here. No one has their snowsuit on. And if you want to try it, we could all go outside and stand in the driveway for the next 15 or 20 minutes and get cold. Right? God has blessed us to be able to be in this spot. And we have to be careful we don't get hung up on the dark and the heavy stuff. Remember Paul? The Apostle Paul, the most prolific writer of the New Testament. In Philippians, you know where he's at? Anybody knows where, where Paul's at? Brian, where's Paul at? He's in jail. And he ain't watching uh, Netflix and uh, lifting weights, is he? No. Right. He's barely getting enough food. He's sitting in the dark and the damp and the cold. They don't have cable TV. And what does Paul say as he's writing? I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. There's some of us who can't say that, and we got a whole lot more than Paul ever had. Ever had. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Church, we have to celebrate our Savior. Be careful you don't get sucked into the things of the world. The dark of the world. The negativity of the world, right? You know what our news has decided to do these days? Give you 28 minutes of garbage. And then they give you 30 seconds of some rock stars who were at Community Caring on Tuesday, right? If you didn't, uh, if you didn't there were some people who were at Community Caring. Uh, Chris was there, Faith was uh, there. There were a bunch of us. Brentley was there. Huh? Oh, yeah, both Mike's. Yeah, Mike Kelly. Uh, Mike Geary was there. And if you happen to see us, I don't even know what channel. Someone's like, what channel were you on? I, I don't even know. <laughs> Uh, I didn't even care. I didn't even see. It's sad but true that our, that our media has got to that point where they dump a bunch of garbage on us. And then they're like, well, let's make you feel good in the last 30 seconds. The reality is those kind of things should be, should be uh, more the focus of what's going on. And finally, we need to welcome our Savior. It says, uh, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Mighty God.
Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. You know what the Jews were looking for, right? They were looking for a king. Someone to direct them from the dysfunction and the random rolling around, running around, being all over the place. They were looking for someone to come and rescue them. And God did just that. He sent his son Jesus to set the people free. Some 700 years before. Isaiah reminds us this morning that today is not all there is. That our hope rests in the eternity we get from Jesus. Time is short, church. Time is short. If there's ever a time to share the gospel with someone, it's now. Walk into the holidays. Focus not on, on uh, Jesus is the reason for the season, not on those taglines, but on a real, not that that's a bad thing, don't get me wrong, but here's what I'm thinking. We need to share the difference that Jesus makes in our life. The hope that we share and that we have because he has given us eternal life. That's the hope we need to share with our friends. Because just like the nun, the nun said at the end, gifts the day after Christmas will just be gifts. They'll just be leftovers. They'll be disappointing, right? I didn't get what I wanted. I needed this. I got it in the wrong size. Blah, 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 blah. There's one piece, one thing that matters. And more now than ever do we have people who are wandering and afraid, lost, who need the gospel. Don't chicken out and not share the hope of the Christ child who came for our eternity. Let's pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning we're reminded that not only did he come as a Christ child, as a baby, he lived that perfect life. And that perfection is the hope of our salvation. That Lord, when we step out of this body, when we breathe our last here, we will step in to the hands of Jesus. We will be welcomed at the throne. And Lord, we will be with those who have gone before us. Our hope is not like those who have no hope, but rather our hope is in that there is much more than just today. There's much more than next week or this Christmas. Our hope is eternity, which begins the moment we ask Jesus to come into our life. 
May the gospel be in our li- on, our, on our lips in a very real way this Christmas season. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful reminder. And what a, what a lesson in patience, too. Thinking about the fact that they waited seven